This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome to HRN Live at 5. We appreciate you being here. I dropped my camera on the floor earlier. We'll fix that. Uh, so uh, we're just waiting for a few more people to show up live uh, to get in here and take a watch tonight, because you're going to want to, especially if you're an eventer or you're interested in what's going to happen show-wise this year. Uh, and also share below. There's a share button, so share it out to your Facebook page. We would appreciate that. And uh, I just want to clarify, if I sneeze and stuff tonight, it, I'm not sick. It's okay. I am not sick. Uh, Max will tell you later on, we live in Florida, where everybody burns their leaves and everything this time of year. And this whole neighborhood is filled with smoke. So my allergies have kicked in, and I might be sneezing my way through the whole interview tonight. But I do, I do not have a fever, so I'm fine. I'm Glenn the Geek, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of the most popular podcast in the horse world, The Daily Horses in the Morning Show. If you missed it this morning, go take a listen. It was a lot of fun. We had a great time. And uh, that's the show that doesn't cover anything serious about viruses and things. It's a light and lively and a lot of fun. As a matter of fact, my guest tonight was on it on Friday, and, and we, we had a great conversation reliving some happy memories from previous times. Tonight, speaking of that, I have Max Cochran on, president of the United States Eventing Association, to speak about where things are in eventing and where we go from here. I also speak about how, after she's gone, I'm going to speak about how some horse shows are missing the mark on communication and compassion and uh, are going to lose some serious dollars because of it. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Uh, before we get started on today's Live at 5, though, I'll be back again Wednesday night with Trom's, uh, Tom... <laughs> Let me try that again. I'll be back on Wednesday night with Tom of the Hits Shows. Uh, Tom Strazeri will be on, and he's going to talk about what they're planning for and how they're planning on running shows here all across the country coming up. So that's on Wednesday night. If you can't catch this whole live stream tonight, then you can find it on your podcast players tomorrow morning on the Horses in the Morning podcast feed. And now the disclaimer I'm required to read. We are not medical or financial professionals, and we are not offering you advice in any way on what you should or should not do where the health or finances of you or your horse are concerned. So now that uh, we have some live listeners in here watching, uh, and I did want to mention that you can comment, and we can see your comments, so we would love to see where you're from. Uh, so all of you uh, would be great if you, oh. We have somebody from Norway here, so I see that uh, a whole bunch of people are popping in. Please, Mexico, so Mexico has joined us, Norway, Maryland, so please put where you're from. And if you have any questions for myself or for the guests tonight, you can uh, post them there, and we will both see them. Well, now let's bring on one of my longtime friends as a result of doing this podcast for so many years, and that's Max Cochran. Hi, Max. Hello. How are you? Good. Now, for those that don't know, Max just took over the presidency of the U.S. Eventing Association. She walked in and they handed her a great big virus and said, here you are. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, <laughs> I wouldn't say it's been the, the easiest first three months of my presidency, but, you know, um, I I, it's, it, it can't be all that bad. So there you go. Yeah. Now, you've lived through some things in, in eventing over the years. You've been involved for how many years total in, in competition eventing? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> That's yeah, a lot a of lot. years. It's going to age me. Um, I, I, yeah, I've been in and out of the industry, uh, gosh, since I was, you know, 35 plus years um, and uh, live for, you know, uh, working for the O'Connors full time. So that would call the most intense part of my career was uh, in 2001. So um, it's been pretty full on since then. Yeah. 
Well, in your honor, I, I thought I was going through my pile of really old shirts, which we all keep from horse shows and stuff, right? Okay. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I don't know why we do and we only wear them every once in a while. And I thought I need to go back to a happier time when I'm here on here with Max. So I dug out the 2010, I can't find the 2010 radio show shirt. Oh my gosh. <laughs> from That's a, a relic. Doesn't that the was, 2010 yeah, wag? You guys did the wag then, didn't yeah. you? Yeah, Samantha and I. Big deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Well, and and do you keep your passes for all your shows? Do you have? A oh, stack I do. Of them? I've got a, all my credentials. For Here's the wag one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, I have a big stack of them of every FEI that you go to and all the national, all the big championships because they're fun, you know. Not that I'm ever going to use them again, but I do like looking through them. It is fun. I have them hanging on my wall in a rack, all lined up. And, uh, you know, I have media passes from a lot of podcasting conferences, too. So they're all stacked up there, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. It is fun. Yours is much bigger than mine, though. No, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) We got Australia now jumping in. Ocala, a whole bunch. Hi, Charlotte. Just joined us. So welcome, Charlotte. Charlotte Charlotte with her new horse. Yes. Congratulations, Charlotte. Finally. A big gray beauty, too. Yeah. Can't wait to see it. All right. So if you had known what you know now a year ago when you said yes, would you have said yes? <laughs> it's not a very fair question. No, I know. That's why um, I asked no, it first. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you don't have to answer it. Yeah. No, absolutely. This is, um, um, you know, I was pretty humbled and honored when they asked me to become the president and didn't really kind of know why they asked me. But I, um, it, I've been really lucky. I've, I've got to meet some great people. I've had a lot of, a lot of help, a lot of backup, the, you know, between um, the past presidents, Diane Pitts and Carol Kozlowski. And I'll tell you, like, Rob Burke is a hero. He, he's just amazing. He is tireless. And there's just been so much happening. It was there. fortunate he, he's still there. Oh, thank God. Yeah, I yeah, know. He's yeah. great. But even, you know, his old, um, you know, his um, Joe Whitehouse. I mean, they, everybody has been seriously supportive. My old boss, David O'Connor, who's been in so many of these um, governance roles between the USCF and now the FEI. And so he's been really, a really good mentor. And then other people that are on the board of governors, so they've been great. I mean, would you predict this? No, but are you going to pick a different time where it's going to be better? I mean, you, it, it's not something you choose. It's just, it's, it's what it is. So you just make lemons out of lemonade and get on with it. Have you been surprised about anything in your role that is it harder or easier or about what you thought? It's about what I thought, I reckon. I mean, I, um, it's about what I thought. Obviously it's been for us for eventing this year. It's been a bit tough. We had um, a horse and rider fatality early on, which was a little bit tough, but I will say, and then you go straight back to our safety committee and they have been straight back on it and they have come out with some really great things that are going to be coming through the channels for, for safety and for, for better, um, you know, cause we can't call their, make our sport safer because it's not a safe sport. We're going to reduce the risk in our sport. So um, they've been, I mean, the people have been fantastic and what we all forget is these guys are volunteers, the people that run these committees and stuff, and they give their time and effort and everything to, to, to make this better, to make our sport better. They're passionate about this sport. I mean, and it, in the end, it really doesn't give us much back, does it? it? You know, obviously we have a livelihood with it and we, we, um, you know, people can sell horses and train and ride and stuff like that. But in the end, the, 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 you don't make a lot of money competing. Let's put it really? that way. It's, it's exactly <laughs> where the, the jumpers can sustain themselves. The dressage people can sustain themselves. And we were just talking about the Western money. world before we started. Yeah, the exactly. World. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah. So um, it's been an adventure so far. And, and, you know, again, like I said, I'm pretty lucky to be surrounded by some pretty great people and um, really supportive people, which makes it easier. Um, so that's been good. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that. I know we talked a little bit off air and, and also on Friday that the you've been doing some spring cleaning over at the USEA, right? And, yeah. and working on some projects that you really wouldn't have had much time to work on or would have had to work on between other things. Yeah, yeah. And one of those is the, you know, is the safety stuff. So what's yes. happening there? Yeah. Well, I mean, again, these the the crew that has been put together for the safety committee, um, because we, we have some downtime, people have actually had some time to do some work on that. And we've got you know, between upper level riders, course designers, course builders, um, guys that are, you know, have their degree in, you know, I don't even know, fancy stuff, you know, when things break and how they break and how they're supposed to break and science, um, serious science stuff. I mean, really, really (laughs) cool people and people from all over the world. um, And they were, you know, people just jump on this and they are, they love it. And so, um, yeah, so there's, we obviously have the frangible technology, um, fun that we're still put working on with the USCA Foundation and a great um, uh, a family of a, of a, a younger rider. Um, her p- family has a foundation called the Manon Foundation, which I think people have read about, and they have matched um, any donation we have. So we've already raised, I think, 125000 I might be wrong, $125,000. They're going to match that. They're going to match us up to $250,000. So we will, in the end, hopefully get up to half a million dollars for frangible technology. And that's going to help um, competitions be able to get these frangible pins for their competitions uh, at no cost. What's the ultimate dream goal with it, Max? With the frangible technology? With with this fund? It's just for everybody to be able to get whatever they want, you know, if they want some frangible stuff, just... It, it makes it more accessible to all the competitions from training level onward because their the goal to have every jump, not every jump. No, no. I think it's just basically, I think t- they want some tables, which the, that's a new technology that's coming out is the, is the pins for the tables. Um, and then yeah, which basically causes the table. If they, a table is a, a flat now, jump that right? looks like a table, it just slides yeah, basically exactly. down. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so with that, um, but they're expensive. Each set is probably going to get this wrong, but I think it's upwards of $500. And so if you're running, if you're doing four levels and you have two jumps on each course that's um, that needs to be pinned, it, that, it adds up really quickly. And that's only if you have two jumps at each level. If you go to FEI, you think of someplace like Carolina International, right? They've got training, you know, they've novice all the way up to four-star short and advanced and everything else in between. And there's way more than two jumps on those courses that are, are pinned. And, and it adds up. It just gets expensive. So this is just going to help. Uh, offset those costs, give some people some education, help people figure that out. And um, and then also help with the, there's some, um, a new uh, frangible d- device that is, I, I liken it to a toilet paper roll where they attach these pieces to the end of the, of the logs. And, and then as the roll, as the, if you hit the rail, um, it just falls down and then you can pop it back up again and stick the little things back out. And so that's, it's actually a really cool, um, it's really cool technology. It really is. They've done uh, these people that are, you know, have uh, lots of letters at the end of their name. You know, it's like Doctor So and So, blah 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 blah. You know, <laughs> um, so they, yeah, that's um, so there. That it's been some, you know, trying to help uh, get that finance, getting those made and stuff like that. So it's um, there's a crew that um, has the ability to make decisions as to where that money goes. Good. Um, so there's that, and then you know, so. Go on USCA Foundation, 
give five dollars. You know, that'd be great. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's that's a really cool thing. And then we've also come around some pretty good uh, new safety measures. Um, just milestones that people have to reach to get to the next level. So we'll work on that too. And that'll be coming out pretty soon. Um, and then, you know, I want to circle back to that actually when we, okay. uh, in a yeah. bit, okay. yeah. as it relates to COVID. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the staff has been they're They're still, I mean, they're working from home, but I, you know, I get emails from them all the time and um, everybody's still busting. They're, they're working really hard and, and trying to, um, you could, everybody's getting a chance to actually clean their desk. As you say, you know, you get to that, those little pieces of paper that are at the bottom. You're like, Oh yeah, I forgot about this. So they're getting a lot of stuff done and they've been working really hard and, and they're, a, they're just great people. That whole staff is amazing. So, um, you know, even though it's downtime and we're not competing, um, it's still, things are still happening. Lots of things are still happening. So it's, uh, they're great. Well, speaking of competing, let's get on to more of the COVID-related yeah. stuff. Yes. <laughs> um, so, obviously, U.S. Equestrian announced they're pushing back to May 31st, and right. you guys just follow suit pretty much, and you're also we do. back, right? Yeah, and that, because uh, the last time we met, the Board of Governors met, which was mm, probably about three and a half weeks ago, we decided that we would just mimic whatever the USCF said. It just made it a lot less complicated than what the USCA is doing, what the USCF is doing, and that's their training level, and blah, blah, blah. so we just left it at that. So it's frustrating. We're all a bit frustrated that it's gone another four weeks. Um, we just sort of wished it had, the announcement had been made a bit earlier. Um, and there was talk of it, everything was going to carry on. And then the, the board of governors for the USCF met and decided to do four more weeks because of the, because of regional stuff. There are some areas that are, that are properly shut down and the states have, have a mandate on them. And whereas other places are more open. And so they thought it was, you know, as their due diligence is good, uh, citizens is to do another 30 days. Yeah, because they have to look at it. And, we're, and Bill probably, by the way, will be on with me next Monday night. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to get that scheduled. So, and, and they have to look at the whole country. They can't look at, you know, exactly, they have to look at yeah. everything. You know, yeah. they have the big picture to look at. Yeah. Um, which, and they have what, 20 disciplines to look at. It's not just like yeah. 20, 23 breeds and disciplines. Yeah, or exactly. something. I mean, it, yeah, it is. It's something. It is something. Going to the USCF convention is a big eye opener because you're like, hey, <laughs> Hey, hats here. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. We're just, uh, we're just that big. Yeah. Now I did look, obviously I looked at your website and I was shocked at the number of events that happened in May. Uh, that well, because you know, so many areas are up and running by then, yeah. you know, because you've got, you've still got things going on in area three, which is the Florida area. Things that are, you know, area two starting to wake up, area one starting to wake up, area eight wakes up, area five is going, area six is going, area four is just starting to get going. And so, yeah, it's, there's a lot, it's a lot. I would say 80% canceled and they were mostly the small and some of the bigger shows for that matter yeah. canceled. And then we had about 20% that are, are trying to postpone what, so let's, okay, let's assume that we get to June and there'll be some, st let's face it, let's be realistic. There's going to be some states that are open and some are not. Correct. And that's just going to depend on what, what the governor says. Exactly. It's really going to come down to that and, and what their numbers are doing in that particular state. Right. So we're going to see some areas where shows will have to be canceled when the next state next door can have a show. Correct. Um, or there's going to be restrictions on, we can't have more than 10 people in a place and, you know, they're going to do that and that'll restrict shows. So let's assume some of them start to get up and running in June or in June. What accommodations are you talking about having to make to accommodate social distancing? And are we going to have spectators and the crowd rules? Because most states will come up with a 50, 50 person rule uh, if they follow the national guidelines. So, right, I, right. Yeah, where are you it'll at? be. I think um, I think this is obviously good. We're going to 
the USCF right now is coming up with a set of guidelines and that's something else that they're um, that should be coming out in a bit. This is something else they wanted to get into place before they opened up again and they didn't want to rush through it. So that's another reason why they made this delay. And there are, oh my gosh, there's so many thoughts and ideas of, of things that we can do, whether, you know, for, you know, every, a lot of things I think are going to become online. Everything is going to become digital. Um, you're going to have to get your entries done without, um, you know, no paper entries. So there's no paper heading back and forth. Um, everything's going to have to do digital checks. Um, and that when you, when you go to get your numbers and eventing, you go get your packets or your numbers, that's all going to be outside of an office. If it's, if you're done, you know, if you're, everything is up to date, um, lots of stuff that's going to be emailed off of PDFs and, and, you know, signature pages and all that kind of stuff that typically don't get done before you get to a horse show. Um, and then even from, which scribes, by the way, is just pushing progress. That was going to happen. Exactly. Eventually. It's, We're it's just pushing, pushing progress. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure it's yeah. going to, I'm, I'm sure Rick Dunkerton's going to do a little jig, right? Because he's going to be so excited that, that he doesn't have to be like, oh, I need a signature page and you know, $5. So when if all that can get done before ahead of time, that's, you know, that is one thing. Um, and then as far as the scribes and your dressage tests, um, there are people, there's a, a group that I know they already do it in Wellington. And then um, Steve Szymanski is working um, the guys that do the volunteer incentive program. Um, they are working on a iPad program where you can, the, the judges will literally, you know, so the scribe will literally touch in a thing and they'll do a text to talk. Um, and that, that test will get emailed directly to you. So there's no pieces of paper that go to the scores and then back to the people. So you'll just get it emailed to you, uh, which is also kind of nice. So there's obviously a lot of kinks to be worked out on that, but I think that's where everything's going to be going that way. Um, Jump judge briefing is getting done virtually and then have everybody sort of pull up in their car, stay in their cars. We can do the talking, hand radios out and bag, you know, all those kind of things, wiping things down, rubber gloves, masks. How about stabling? Obviously, there'll yeah, be stabling. some separation. Or? Yeah, definitely. There's going to have to be some separation. I know Tom Struzieri with HITS, he's been already mm-hmm. talking about that and how he's just going to, you know, try to lock people into different areas by their barns, by their stables. Um, and that's going to be really more important if you're going to say, uh, please stable me next to. Um, and then, you know, it's nice, like the company, uh, the Clayton Frederick stabling, the FEI stabling, they can make those into four stall blocks. Um, and so you can you can have any kind of setup you want to and you can make a bazillion different stalls set up. And, you know, if, even if you had to have 15 different little tents. Um, and sort of put people in their own little spaces, put a stall in between. Six feet is actually not that far. In the end, we all, I think in the end, it's, we're just all going to have to be pretty responsible. We're going to have to know if, how we're feeling. If we're not feeling well, stay home. You know, that's something that we should, have been, we should be doing anyway. You know, not so you're not spreading, even if it's the stomach flu or a cold or anything like that, too. Um, yeah, and how then, many stomach flus have taken competitors out? Oh, my God. <laughs> This one yeah, right here, all of us. <laughs> Jersey Fresh one year. That was that was fun. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people suffered. Through I that, remember but, that. Actually. Yeah, yeah, that was not. You good. were host it, of the eventing radio show. I though. was. That was not long ago. It was just a couple years ago. Yeah. We really, we really got uh, got beat up. So um, I think you know we're just going to continue doing that. No food vendors. People can bring their own food. If there is a food vendor, you just do grab and go. Every porta potty is going to have a wash station outside of it, and 
we're going to... Which, by the way, again... We should be doing anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's a lot of this is sort of... A lot of it is pretty common sense. And it's it's interesting because um, I was talking to my good friend, Sharon White, who I adore, and, and she's, she's very pensive. She thinks a lot. And so I said to Sharon, I said, what do you think about getting these events back up and running again? And what do you think about people cross-country schooling right now? And is this right? And she said, you know, you should never take any more risk than you should you should never live above your above where you should be, but you shouldn't live in fear. And I thought, I kind of like that idea. Whereas we just have to be, we just have to know where we are, where our what our limit is at the time, and be very aware of it, and then not take any extra risks, and then get on with it, and and not live in the fear, which I think is actually, um, which to me was very good advice. Yeah, and I think some of this isn't going to be a choice, right? It's going to be no, mandated, exactly. You know? yeah. And, you know, I, as, as far as wearing masks at shows, I think that's going to depend on the area, too. It's going to well, depend on where you're at. And it's interesting, too, because, you know, in listening to the CDC and a lot of these other um, very smart people, again, that have all the letters at the end of their names, they basically the masks are pre- protecting other people from you. They're not protecting you from other people. So there is that. I mean, it is a conscious thing to wear one in case because people there's a lot of people out there that have that are test positive that have absolutely no symptoms. So you're being a good citizen by wearing one. Obviously, I don't think you can broaden one because I think you That's might right. suffocate. Yeah, that, that'd be <laughs> Those things are hard to breathe in. <laughs> um, but it was interesting. I think we were talking before uh, we started the show that the professional bull riders got up and going this week. And um, I watched a little bit of that on Saturday night. And it was very, very interesting Um, nobody in the stands and everybody was, except for the bull riders were wearing masks. And even before when they were doing the national anthem, everybody was standing pretty far apart. The bull riders had masks on, everybody had rubber gloves on. Um, and there was just, it was weird because there was nobody in the stands. It was very quiet, but they could get on with their job. They could get on with what they were trying to do. So there was that, which I think is, is really important. I think if we, if you get started in June, you're not going to have fans. No, 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 I don't think. And I think that's, you know, a lot of the reasons why some of these other, you know, uh, you know, Blenheim horse trials is just canceled. Everyone's going, oh, my gosh, that's in September. That's so far away. But England is a lot of a much more dense community than our horse community well, in America, or communities in general in America. They're right? not going to be open for a while. No. And, and the yeah. tough thing with with Blenheim is that they British eventing owns Blenheim and um, they get a, most of their funding for to build the courses and to, for the grounds upkeep and to put that competition on through their ticket sales and through their trade fair. And if you don't have that, which you're not going to be able to have there um, this year, for sure, it, it does, it's going to be too hard for British eventing to maintain, you know, to, to survive, you know, it's going to be a big bite out of their um, finances if, you know, to be able to, to put on, and, the, and they're not going to put on just a subpar competition. There's just, that is such well, a great event. Let's talk about that. I have seen uh, some people when, when shows are now canceling and not just events, but all kinds of horse shows are, are now, I, I, are now canceling into, as you said, into August, into September. Yeah. And a lot of people are saying, why are they canceling already? It could be better by then. But can you explain I mean, there's economics involved here, and there's logistics yes. involved that yeah. have to start months before a major oh, horse show. Months. You're, you start planning your next year's horse show the day after. 
the last one finished. I mean, seriously, it is, it's a long, it's a long process. You think of, and you they know, just can't take the risk, right? A lot of people can't take the risk, especially if, if it is an upper level competition. Well, first of all, some of the upper level competitions have also had really worried about running because there has, there's not enough lead up competition. So it's not really right. going to work for them. But then there are other competitions that, um, um, that they, they, the, the competition exists basically because they have a great number of people attending and a trade fair and all these other things. And if they, and, and also some sponsors too, some sponsors may not want to risk, risk this and be part of it. And that's fine. That's their prerogative. Um, and if you have that, you can't really get on with it. You can't, there's so much money that has to go out beforehand. If you're, especially if you're getting stabling and VIP tents and everything else like that, you're because your course building sort of usually starts about six months ahead of time. Your course builders will come out, your course designer will come out. They'll have a look at it. You got to pay for them to be there. Then they start doing a couple of projects here. They come back again, a couple more projects. So by the time you're about for a big competition, by the time you're, you know, three weeks out, two weeks out, you've already invested quite a bit of money. Um, and that's before one single dollar even comes in. So if you, you so, and it all depends on, you know, what your financial ability is as to whether or not you can take the risk or not, whether or not you can do this. You yeah, can there's start some the horse shows that are backed and, and really yeah, are not there yeah. to make money. They're there to do, do because they yeah. like doing horse shows. I mean, exactly. exactly. And that's fine. I mean, and, yeah. that, and that the, the other thing too is, and I'm going to talk about this a little bit later after you're gone, I'm going to talk, I do a show show about travel we have the florida podcast network and that's all travel related tourism stuff yeah. out of florida and i really i get all the travel magazines and stuff so i'm going to talk a little bit about what i found out about what they're expecting and one of the things that these shows also have to take into consideration is infrastructure will the hotels be open will the restaurants be exactly. open? exactly any place to eat will be there any place to stay right and i'll talk about that a little bit later right now the the uh, tourism industry is expecting that it'll take a year for the hotels Remember, they had to lay people off too. Yeah, it's going to take a year for them to get to seventy percent. Yep, yep, yep. I mean, it's just this whole thing yeah. is—it's everything. It's not just the oh, horse absolutely. Horse. And that's yeah. what, the funny thing is—you know—we live in our little world and we're all happy with our little horsey world and everything's great, but we forget that this is actually uh, global, international. Uh, it's affecting everybody. It's not—you know—when as horse people, we think more about. Um, you know, EHV1 or the horse industry having a problem. We don't ever think about a global pandemic. You know, it just doesn't exist because those things don't exist in our world, right? But yeah, here we are. <laughs> so it's, um, it's obviously this is affect, I mean, I, every time I hear about another state shutting down for a little bit longer, I think of all the people that are waitresses, all the people that are, you know, clean houses to make a living to, to put food on the table. And I think these are the people that are, that need the money the most that aren't going to get it. And it, it makes me, it just makes me so sad. I mean, I, as a person that's, you know, basically mucked stalls my whole life to, to make a living, which is um, a little interesting at the moment. Um, but uh, so it's, you're you back know, to you, mucking stalls again. Well, no, I, I never, I never stopped. <laughs> <laughs> Who are you kidding? Um, but it is, it's harder to find work. I mean, usually I'm booked from with my freelancing stuff um, between competitions and freelance grooming. I'm, I was booked from, uh, March right through the middle of June with one week off and then through, through July. And so with that, now I've got By the all way, the time in the world. Do have to pay extra now that you're president of the US I don't, it's a volunteer job, <laughs> volunteer job. Yeah. 
it's really fun. <laughs> so no, if anybody exactly. has a question for Max, please ask it now. Post it in the chat, and we'll see the questions there. Uh, so I have a couple more things I want to talk to you about, but if you have a question, please do post it. Do you expect that, or does the USEA, are you expecting the number of entries to be down across the board here as we go through the summer just because of finances and, you know, people be- having been out of work? Or they're, the simple fact is they haven't been able to ride their horse because their yeah. barn's closed. I mean, there's a lot of things there. Well, and interestingly enough, though, um, in, in talking to our, I mean, one of the big things for the USCA personally is the starter fees are, you know, obviously we're not, that's one of our major sources of income. And so that's going to be a little bit hard on the USCA itself. But so we're, we're hoping we're going to get going soon. But funny enough, um, like during the recession and, and when the diesel prices went up, everybody thought that the eventing was going to get quieter and the numbers were going to get down. And they didn't really, oddly enough. Um, this is usually our high season anyway. May, June, July, August um, is usually the really busy season. And if we can get up and running and, and do it well, um, then I reckon we can... Um, I mean, I'm sure there's going to be some decline. I don't think I don't see it being a huge decline. Well, well, let's okay. So let's let's take finances out of it. And I know you guys think about this is when you have riders coming back in that maybe haven't been able to condition their horses. Yes. And do you worry them about them coming back in at that same level as before and and not being ready? That's actually something that the board of governors has really talked a lot about, and of course I do too because you know I'm I'm all about horsemanship. (laughs) take care of your horses, uh, make sure you're ready, look after them, hug them, love them, extra treats. Um, but they, uh, seriously, because people aren't, you know, and also too, it's not even just, you know, maybe you're riding every single day. Um, maybe you're not, maybe your, your boarding barn has shut down and that's fair. That's if that's what they need to do. I know, you know, up in Massachusetts right now, the numbers are staggering and if it's tough because you want people to stay at home um, and, and to not be there and, and, and a boarding barn, a lot of people are hanging out in the tack room and stuff like that. So you need to, take those precautions for those places. Um, but in saying that to make sure that those horses, when it is time to get going again, and nobody now has competed for, let's see, it was our last event, middle of March. I think it was March 15th or March 13th. I think, Oh, Friday the 13th. That's only the people who came that to was, Florida, right? right? That doesn't exactly. include everybody like, else. It was, that, yeah. it was Friday the 13th is the day we decided we were going to shut really? down. <laughs> and I, my car got broken into my purse got stolen. Really? Oh my gosh. I was at the Florida horse park. It was the worst. I thought you, this is this. But that doesn't happen in Ocala. At, there was my car, another car, and then down the road at exactly, not in Ocala, down the road um, at a um, at a state park. Two other cars were broken into with their purses stolen. Do you know what's funny? Is a friend of ours, and she makes uh, this is common knowledge. She makes the horse holster, which is a company. I don't know if you've heard of them, but put your phones in while you're riding. But she had her 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 big white dually stolen right out of her driveway. Oh my god! At night, that is so funny. That I is mean, bizarre. so apparently, Florida, we're just getting bad down here. We're getting right? bad, exactly. <laughs> I know, I know. So, so okay, so that. you know, we're going to have that issue too. We're going to have people having to really get back into the groove and, of things. And think and, about it. Like, really think about. I mean, so even even your Philip Duttons, your Boyd Martins, your Lord Kiefer's, your Lynn Samanskis, they're all going to bump their horses down a level because no one's out. And the other thing too, if you so even the point there is, it's riding. not a you can't make it a pride thing. That's not a pride no. thing. It's a smart thing. No, and also yeah. you know because we're our brains have have been kind of just sort of like oh just tick the boxes, chilling along, chilling along, thinking about actually going in and making the right decisions and putting yourself under a little bit of pressure at some point. You know everybody gets a bit soft, and and I I don't mean that in a in a derogatory way, but you're just sort of la 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 lying around because we haven't had any goals yet. 
And so to make sure that when we're, when we're ready to go, that we're, we're, we're fit and we're ready and our horses are fit and they're ready and our footwork and our minds are really good too. So it's, it's all the above. That is so important because we need to, as they say, we need to reduce the risk of our sport there. Yep. So <laughs> yeah, which, and, which is and interesting make sure the horses at, at this time, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, so Trish yeah. says uh, CCI and CIC has FEI given a date to sanction these events. The FEI right now, um, great question, Trish. Um, the FEI right now is going through a whole process um, where we have sent, God bless, Caitlin Sacco at the USCF. She's our uh, events um, or the competition manager there. And so she's taken all the requests for any kind of um, uh, date changes, state requests, and she's given that out to the areas. And then anything that's an FEI competition is going straight to the FEI. Um, and they're going to make, I think they meet today. I think they met today. Maybe to, maybe we'll know more about that tomorrow. Um, but they were meeting today and then also trying to figure out um, because we've got Fairhill Five Star, especially in America, right? We've got Fairhill Five Star and in other countries and then making sure that there's enough competitions working the way backwards uh, so horses can um, be ready. Horses and riders have the ability to uh, be qualified and ready to go. And then as far as qualifications, not totally sure they were talking about that too, because some people's 24 month area has, has timed out. And so their work, they're trying to figure out what's the best thing to do for that. Yeah. And the next question was about the Olympics. And again, that yeah. comes down to the same yeah. thing. I mean, yeah. uh, and you know, my feelings on this as everybody's has changed about every day for the last two months on this whole topic, yeah. you know, as new things develop, we, you know, our feelings kind of change. And I think, you know, one of the things that's going to be tough is inter the FEI has it even worse. They have to look at international and every country yeah. is different right now. Mm -hmm. And Europe pretty much is, you know, locked Europe down. Is, yep. Um, yep. And you're, you know, international travel is not, not going to happen between here and Europe uh, for a while. And, and then we're going to see the United States. If a country's bad, they're not going to allow travel from that country. Right. So, it, you know, that, uh, that all international is a whole different topic that That's is, a whole, exactly. I don't even know that we can address it now because no, we don't I, I don't think anybody knows. I think obviously, you know, everybody's trying to, everybody really wants to get back out there and do these things. And so I think everybody's going to do the best they can to, to make the right things happen for that. But again, at the end of the day, unfortunately in our big world, we're, we're people that play with horses in the end. We're not uh, curing cancer or, or, you know, cause you know trying to cure an economic crisis unfortunately i mean i think i think yeah, our don't thing is the most anybody, important okay? thing in the world i know it's gonna say, <laughs> we're important hello <laughs> i was like come on um but yeah um so yeah exactly so that's um yeah we'll just let me see yeah. what else other questions we have here um let's see you know I, so with a couple of things about risking health and things as far as the virus is concerned, I think, you know, one of the things that I said have said before in this show is we're going to learn very quickly. We're going to so learn very quickly. One of two quickly. things is going to happen. Things are going to open up and it's all going to be fine. And, and the same number of cases or it's it's going to go to hell and then things are going to close down again. But that's going to happen over a month or two period of time. It's going to happen right. pretty quickly. Yes. I don't. I don't envy you guys who have to plan for this contingency and then next week have to change it again and plan for a new right. contingency. Right. That you must have been going through that the last two months and then yes. you're still going to go through it for the next We're two still going to go. Yeah. I, and I think this is what, yeah, I think this yeah. is what everybody's going to be doing. I think, um, you know, obviously we're going to continue learning. We're going to continue morphing. We're going to continue. There's going to be a lot of new technology that's going to be coming out with this. Um, and I think this is just the way the, of the future in general. Um, I don't, you know, it's change is scary. 
um, I, I liked it the way it was, but this is reality. And I think, you know, we all sort of get up with it and we're going to be fine. And, and if we can get back going with their sport, then, you know, if we have to sacrifice something very small so we can all get back going again, I think that's going to be okay too. I think, um, again, our, we, our group is hardy. <laughs> we're great. Especially eventers. <laughs> exactly. uh, so the A's, I married one, I know. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> so the AECs, I'm getting a question about that for yes. Stacey. Yeah. The AEC right now is, uh, is still, um, still a go, uh, ready to go. Um, obviously we're going to be working with the Kentucky horse park, um, and, uh, everybody there, uh, Kentucky is being very, very cautious with everything that they're doing. Um, Andy Bashir, who's the governor there, he, I believe he speaks just about every single day. Um, and so he, I'm sure they're going to be, um, but they are going to run some shows, the summer jumper shows, I know the summer. So I have a feeling, um, because that's a state owned park, I think they're going to have a lot of stuff into place by then. And obviously they have 1 million stables. So we're going to be able to really keep everybody apart. Um, obviously the social gatherings won't, won't happen and, and all that type of stuff, which is kind of a bummer. Cause that's actually kind of the coolest part of the AEC is that you get to meet different people from all different walks of life from all around the country that, that love the same thing you do. So are you going to lose um, half your riders if you don't have the party Saturday night? I know, I know, I know. Maybe we can have lots of little parties. Yeah. We can have <laughs> lots of nobody, no more than 50 people at a 10, right? Everyone will have their own spent time. We'll make something work. We'll make something work, but it is fun. It is. A, it's a, I, the AC is just such a great week. It's just, um, you know, it's, it's so cool. And, and to have it at the Kentucky horse park, I think there's nothing better than that. I think that is just one of the coolest things. So um, I know right now, I, I don't think we're the board, our board of governors meets again on Thursday uh, to talk more about um, qualifications, but I believe the qualifications are going to stay as they are. We already have 2000 riders that are uh, horse and rider combinations that are already qualified. The qualification period started a year ago, May. So everybody really has, had quite a bit of time to qualify. When are um, the ACs again? Their first week of September. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so hopefully, you know, that will again the, one go. of those two things is going to happen before it's, before September. It's either going to go or it's not. But we're yep. going to try. We're, we're going to try really hard to make everything go. I mean, that's um, that is definitely, and I think yeah, the whole everybody would like it to happen. So I, I'm pretty pretty excited. All right. Yeah, Any final questions for Max before I let her go? And then I rant and rave a little bit about stupid horseshoes. <laughs> um, so, uh, so how are you doing personally anyway? Yeah. Doing okay. Um, a little bored, um, trying to, trying to clean my desk. And um, obviously uh, it's a little, uh, not, not much happening work-wise. So we just moved into a new house. So I've been painting a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of addicted. I have one, one room left to paint. Um, it's, so, it's, yeah. it's very cathartic. It's very cathartic. It's it, so nice to paint. Actually. It is. Yeah. Well, I, I think I'm kind of over it now. You can't be stressed but... and be painting. No, 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 no. Because no, then it stresses you out more because you make yeah. a little mistake. <laughs> um, but no, I think it is. I've, I've got a garden going. I've got my tomatoes planted and cucumbers and you know, you miss homemaker. And, I know. Well, because I'm home. This is yeah. this is the first time I've been home in April in twenty some odd years. So <laughs> it's been interesting. I talked about that. I'll let you go after it. this. But you've seen it too with all of your friends, uh, I, and we've seen it across the board now with professional writers and Western and English and all the shows we do. Is I have never interviewed a bunch of professional writers that have been more relaxed 
and actually yeah. enjoying their horses more. Really enjoying their horses and the process and yes. spending a lot of time with them. And, 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 and again, like there, there is, we do, we have to find the good in this virus. We've got to find what, what we can take from it. I think and, that's been a good is horsemanship. Yeah, the horsemanship and people have been really practicing little details and really hanging out with their horses and getting to, to know them. And that's like, that's always one of my biggest things is like, what, know your horse, what's normal for your horse. And the riders don't always get to do that. And it's awesome to see, you see on Facebook, everybody's sort of spending a little bit more time in the barn, a little more time with their horses and, and enjoying them and, and being part of them. And, uh, and that's, you know, in the end, that's what it's about, isn't it? I mean, we got to, you know, it's not for the horses. Well, and you know, I think they're realizing cool. that their horses are responding too. Yes. Which has yeah, been interesting. yeah. 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 The old, you know, I, I love, cause I, I love Mike Plum. I think he is just one of the finer people in this world. Um, and I did get to work for him for a year, which was exhausting and fabulous at the same time. Um, and he's had a couple of really cool things about this downtime and, and little things to well, work that's one of on his biggest stuff. pet peeves. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. and he knew, he knows, you know, and, and working for David too, those guys knew their horse's legs like the back of their hands and they know so much about them and they come in and they'll look at them and say, this one needs a bit more grain or this one's getting a bit heavy or, you know, this, you know, this is this. And, and just even they, they know the littlest subtle differences, which is something that is not always easy to, when you're busy, you can't, you don't always step back take a minute and, and have a look and, and notice the subtle differences. So <laughs> it's hard to do when you're in the full show it, schedule. It is. Absolutely. Riding absolutely. multiple horses. So, and... Yeah. Again, we got to make, make, uh, make lemonade out of those lemons. Yeah. Any final thoughts there, Miss President? <sighs> Just everybody stay, stay strong, stay safe, wash your hands. Um, love your horses. We're going to get through this. We're going to get going. We're, we've got, you know, if anybody has any really cool ideas or thoughts about um, any of the, you know, technology that we can use going forward or um, different ways for safe practices, um, you know, we got to all work together to make this. We're going to zoom in work. dressage tests. We're going to zoom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wouldn't that be cool? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I think there's just there's a lot of ways we just have to be creative and we can get this done and we can and we can do this because that's what we do. We get stuff done. And um, and I think, um, you know, we can use this time to be good and, and, and do good things. So there you go. That's thanks, my friend. Okay, well, thanks for having me on, Glenn. I it's good to see you. you being here. I know, what, we miss you. What yeah. everybody doesn't know is that whenever I need a guest that I know is just going to be delightful, I ask Max to come. Aww. And it's always 10 <laughs> minutes before the show. I say, Max, what yeah. are you doing? And yeah. it's usually when I need to pick me up. Exactly. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes I'm in a barn and sometimes I'm driving my car and sometimes I'm someplace else. But, <laughs> it's, but it's right great. now, well, I'm right here. 12 years of uh, asking sunny, Max to come on the show. Oh, Cala, Florida. <laughs> exactly. I know. I I know. Thanks, Max. All right, Glenn. Thank you so much. And, and care, the frangible, where, where can people find if they do want to uh, donate? If you go on the USCA website, uh, look under the USCT, USCA Foundation, um, and there's uh, there's definitely a link there. There's um, a GoFundMe and the Straight to the Foundation. Um, okay. And if everybody helps out with that, again, we, we will keep keep trying to keep our reduce the risk in our sport. That's, that's the phrase I've been told to use. <laughs> so well, there we go. Let's, let's hope we don't have to talk again. But no, if we do, maybe exactly. a month from now, we'll have yeah. good news. Exactly. All right? Yeah. All right. Sounds All right, good. Thanks, Max. Bye, everybody. So I got to talk about something. I have to rant here a little bit. Um, I, I saw three of these instances over the weekend on Facebook. And I talked to a couple of the my Facebook friends from different disciplines. 
Uh, they weren't all the same. And what it was, and I cannot believe this messaging. I can't believe how the horse shows are failing at this, some of them. And what happened was these people are sponsors and VIPs. So they pay for the VIP tables. They pay for the sponsorship uh, for classes. And uh, they were offended when they had no communication. And some of these were national shows. These are big shows with thousands of horses. They had no communication from the shows and no letter, no anything. And they just received a bill for their VIP and their sponsorships. And let me go over the things that weren't communicated uh, with these thousands of dollars of sponsorships for shows coming up in July and August. One is there was no sentence in the email that asked how they were doing. There was no acknowledgement of COVID at all. It, they just acted like it didn't exist. Well, you can't, you just can't do that now if you're a show. You have to show, one, some compassion. How about we start there? And you can do that very simply and easily. Uh, there was no mention of COVID, as I said. Uh, and there was no reaching out to the people to find out, do they still, are they still in a position to sponsor? Are they still in a position to be a VIP? That could have changed, too, in, in these people's situations. And in one of them, it had. So to just... To, to send out a bill and not have any acknowledgement of that, of a show, as these aren't shows that are happening in November. These are shows that are happening over the summer. There was no offer to delay the due date of this sponsorship if needed by a couple of weeks or a month because they didn't acknowledge that there could be a problem. There was no mention of how social distancing will be accommodated for VIPs and the VIP tents, which, oh, by the way, if you've never been in one, is packed, uh, and you can barely walk in them, let alone the bars are usually lined up 20 deep. Let's put it this way. If they had to be six feet apart waiting for the bar, they'd be out in the ring where the competition's going on. So um, there was no nothing in there about that. Well, th that's stuff that people right now are going to be very concerned about. And the problem with that is if people are nervous, they're not going to do something. So if you don't alleviate their fears, like Max was saying, if you don't alleviate their fears, they're going to be nervous and they're not going to go. They're not going to pay. They're not going to support your show. And, and, and as again, these are not tiny shows. Communication right now on all levels is the key. We've all been getting those, those thousands of emails from every rental car, every hotel you ever stayed at, and every place you've ever been saying, we're here, we're doing the job, we're communicating. But you know what? And we're all sick of getting them. But if you're but they're important. They're communicating that we care about you and we have some empathy for what you're going through. So not only do the shows have to have empathy for the riders, they need to have empathy for the vendors. They need to have empathy for the VIPs. They need to have empathy for the people buying normal tickets. Let's communicate to the people buying tickets, if they're allowed to go, if we're even going to have an audience, that they also are going to be taken care of if the show has to cancel. Because let's Let's be honest and let's be real, which is what I've always been doing on these. It's what I said to Max. In two months, we could be back to states closing down again because this thing has spiked. And that's exactly what's going to happen. So they, I need to know as a spectator, as somebody going to these shows, that you got my back, that I'm going to be covered. Otherwise, I'm not going to take the risk of traveling and doing all that. Oh, by the way, I'm going to talk about travel in a minute because I did some research on that through all the travel uh, magazines and stuff that I get that what's been coming out as far as whether people are going to travel and how. So 
people have to have confidence in you and confidence in the people running the show that safety is going to be important, that they care about you, not only as a rider, that's going to be taken care of, I would hope, but as a spectator and as a person attending the event, as a vendor or as a trade show person or as a... I don't. I don't care where. As a volunteer, you know, volunteers are also going to be short on on supply because a lot of volunteers are older and they're going to be they're going to be more nervous about going out, or they're going to be compromised in some way and they're not going to go out. They're going to be in my situation. You know, I got chronic Lyme and immune problems and asthma. I'm not going to be running out to volunteer at a show tomorrow. So the number of volunteers are going to generally be down. Again, a lot of them are usually older. So that's something that. Horse shows right now, you have got to communicate, and you have to be open and honest about everything that you're doing. So just keep that in mind going forward. It's something I can't believe happened, number one, but it did in multiple cases, or I wouldn't have brought it up. You know, I took a look, and I have a little slideshow because uh, I like putting slideshows together. So I also do the Finding Florida podcast, which is a travel show. We work with Visit Florida, which is the tourist, the, one of the, is the largest tourist agency in the world. Um, it's absolutely huge. And I'm going to put this on sc- screen, take these off so you can actually see it. So one of the things that I, I took a look at is, uh, is travelandleisure.com, which is one of the biggest uh, travel sites out there. And a couple of things, I just did an article, and this article, Will Travel Change After Coronavirus? And, you know, this may apply to horse shows or may apply to you just going away. But one of the things it says is pandemic will force consumers to factor health concerns. It's just what I just talked about. If I have a health concern, I'm going to be pickier about where I go and what I do. They did say there's going to be less air travel and more people are going to be taking road trips. That is just common sense. And that's for a number of reasons. One is I may be concerned about air travel health-wise, but also we're down to about 10% capacity on flights. They say it's going to be several years before they get the number of flights back up again. Many countries and even some U.S. states have mandatory requirements for visitors to isolate for two weeks. That's going to be factored into traveling. And that also means many people are going to stick to local and not travel as far for shows. And I think that definitely is going to happen. I wish I would ask Max about that. We're going to see people staying more local for shows. If you're going to spectate, you're probably going to be more local. You're not going to make those long road trips to go to shows. Uh, because You may not be able to. You may not want to, or there, travel just may be a pain in the butt. So there's a number of reasons that that's going to change and that may not happen. In Florida, what they're talking about doing is if they open the parks, they're talking about opening them up just to Floridians for uh, several weeks to a month or whatever to get the kinks out of how they're going to do social distancing on rides and the lines and all of that. But also, they don't want to encourage people coming in from South America, coming in from all the other states in the country. They want to start it up with just Floridians to not encourage travel at first. Uh, so I think that that's, we're going to see travel is going to come up in a very slow way, not a quick way. Um, we, I just talked a little bit about this. We're going to see airlines come up uh, in various cities and states and regions are all going to be different. And there's going to be less choices for passengers. And what they did make a point is smaller routes and smaller airports are going to get hurt bad because the major airlines, are they're going to be last to worry about smaller airports. So, you know, the Lexingtons and, and, and the, uh, the West Palm beaches of the world are going to see reduced flights. And that, 
there maybe won't be no flights, but there might be one flight a day where there were 10 before. And that's going to take a while to ramp up. That's also going to depend on how many people are willing to fly. And they also may require proof of good health before allowing passengers to fly. So a number of different uh, things that they're going to take into consideration before you can fly. So, and of course, ads pop up. So that means flying is going to be more hassle than it ever was, uh, like it wasn't already a hassle. It's, that's going to get a little bit worse. However, you may have an empty seat in the middle, so you don't have to sit right beside somebody. So that's one of the pluses there. Hotels and lodging. The, this is off of, again, travelandleisure.com. President and CEO of American Hotel and Lodging Association expects recovery to come in stages, starting with leisure travelers, followed by business, and then group bookings. I don't see we're gonna, think we're going to see many large conferences in this country this year, and the conference uh, websites are talking about that, too. It's just going to be almost impossible to do. Uh, travelers will likely consider staying at someone, or less likely, uh, to consider, actually, this was supposed to be less likely to consider staying at somebody else's residence. They'll probably be going to a hotel instead. I thought that was interesting. I didn't look at it that way before. But you might worry about being in a close proximity with a family that you don't know what they've been up to. They said vacation rentals may be a, a less negatively impact, uh, but hotels are out there already saying we're clean. You've all gotten emails and, and how clean we are. Uh, but people may view vacation rentals as cleaner. I'm not sure about that. I've been in some iffy ones, an Airbnb, and I've been in some spectacularly clean ones. So I think that's kind of a hit and miss and will depend. Um, so here's the good things. You're going to pay less because everything's going to be cheaper for a while until they get up and running. You're going to find lots of deals, better deals, depending on what you want to do. Your ticket's probably going to be more flexible. The change fees and refund rules will be better uh, for a while. Uh, your vacation will probably be cleaner and safer than it ever was because people are going to be concerned about it. Hotels are going to be cleaner. We've all stayed in shady hotels. I'm not mentioning Fairhill, Maryland uh, in particular. Uh, your airline, cruise line, and hotel uh, will emphasize hygiene and safety and things like that. Jennifer and I are big cruisers. I can tell you, we're not going to be doing one of those for a while. Uh, so it's gonna, we're going to be off of that. Things that could go away, the breakfast buffet is definitely going away. Uh, that free breakfast buffet probably will not be happening for a while. International trips are going to be iffy at best, and concerts and cramped seating are going to be something that is going to be coming up very slowly and will not be happening in, in, in force over the summer or even into the fall. So there you go. That's, that's uh, what I found out from the travel people. Of course, that's all going to change every day. It'll be changed tomorrow. Um, we're going to see it's, you know, Florida's the largest travel state uh, in the world, as far as states are concerned. We have a zillion travelers here every year. It's going to be interesting to see how the, it's going to be interesting to see how the parks handle this, you know, with the tourism that comes into Disney World alone. And can they operate, what you're talking about is, can they operate at 10%, 20 30% capacity, which what they might be forced to do because they can't let too many people into the parks. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do and how they, and how they do all of this. One thing we know about Disney is they're going, to do, they're going to try and avoid lawsuits any way they can. So they're going to do it in a very considered way. And we should have a report. The state of Florida, there was a task force assigned to give the governor recommendations by yesterday. And we're supposed to hear from him toward the end of the week about opening. He did say it's going to happen very slowly. It's not going to happen quickly here in Florida. We are still seeing cases. We haven't been the worst hit. But uh, we're, we're going to see it uh, opening up very gradually and very slowly. Um, 
and you know, I, I just see Carol says here that uh, she saw in the news where Airline Stewards Association wants to ban on vacation travel. I didn't see that. I did see, however, they want to require everybody to wear a mask because they're really pissed that people aren't wearing masks. So they do want to require that for even, even to fly in the plane. Uh, that will make eating that wonderful food. By the way, I don't think you're going to see wonderful food on the flights for a while. Um, and Lindsay asks, are you hearing any ETA for the parks? No, there is none at this point. Uh, Disney is closed until further notice, and Universal has said the end of May, and then, you know, pending change. So I think that's going to depend on the state. I will tell you that as part of that task force, uh, vice presidents from Disney and the president of Universal were on that task force. So obviously they're included. Uh, Legoland and Bush, uh, Bush Gardens and all of those were included as well. So we and you know we have a lot of things going on there, uh, and of course that's a huge money maker for, for for Florida. But they're also trying to determine. They've been sending out a bunch of surveys trying to determine are people going to come. So if we open the parks, are people going to come? Are they going to risk it? And you know, as a side note, it was Florida. It was Disney World's fiftieth anniversary next year. They've been doing ten years worth of preparation, construction wise. I four has been a construction. It was all leading toward the fiftieth anniversary next year. So and I don't know how what's going to happen with that. And I'm sure they were banking on that. They were banking on having fifty percent more attendance than they normally do. Now where you would walk in the park, I'm not sure. But it's something that is gonna we're gonna see how it plays out and it's gonna be interesting. If you want a little light more lighter entertainment then you can uh, listen to Horses in the Morning. We have a lot of fun, Jamie and I, over there. We don't talk about coronavirus too much. Uh, we try and keep it light and fun and entertaining, and uh, I think you're going to have a good time. We're talking Western tomorrow on Horses in the Morning. Tara is there. Uh, Kara Carter is talking Western, and then Jamie will be back on Wednesday. Of course, we have the eventing show. has uh, got a new episode coming out. Uh, Dressage just talked to Ingrid Klimke and had a wonderful conversation with her. It's on the Dressage feed. Go to dressageradio.com. And that was a... I've never heard her sit and talk for so long. And she also sounded more relaxed than I've ever heard her. Uh, so definitely take a listen to that. It was a fun interview and all the shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com or download our app. Thanks to Max Cochran, my old friend, for joining us here tonight. Uh, Wednesday, as I said, we're going to have the, the folks from Hits On are scheduled to join us. So uh, we hope that uh, you can join us then to hear what's happening on the show jumping side of things. Thank you all for listening every night. If you can, share this to uh, all of your horsey pages. I would appreciate it and tell everybody that we're here Monday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday nights. That's it for tonight. I'm going to eat some dinner. <laughs>